Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 162. One of the things that uh, is a recurring theme within the Bible and in the sections we're going to be reading today is the idea that God is a merciful judge. That he is merciful, but he's also a God of justice and judgment. And we'll see this as we begin today, uh, a new book, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a a longer book. We'll be splitting it into pieces at times and taking pauses. But throughout this book, we'll be noticing that God is described as the creator, the sustainer of all things. He's also the judge for the people who've rebelled against him. He shows mercy to those who turn to him in faith, and that he, in his grace and his mercy, actually does everything necessary for sins to be completely forgiven. And so, in one sense, the entire message of the Bible is found in the book of Isaiah, a wonderful, amazing book, and I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I do. We'll begin then in Isaiah chapter 1 today. Isaiah 1. Here is the message about Judah and Jerusalem that was revealed to Isaiah, son of Amos, during the time when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah reigned over Judah. Listen, O heavens, pay attention, O earth, for the Lord speaks. I raised children, I brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. An ox recognizes its owner, a donkey recognizes where its owner puts its food, but Israel does not recognize me, my people do not understand. Beware, sinful nation, the people weighed down by evil deeds. They are are offspring who do wrong, children who do wicked things. They have abandoned the Lord and rejected the Holy One of Israel. They are alienated from him. Why do you insist on being battered? Why do you continue to rebel? Your head has a massive wound, for your whole heart is sick. From the soles of your feet to your head, there is no spot that is unharmed. There are only bruises, cuts, and open wounds. They have not been cleansed or bandaged, nor have they been treated with olive oil. Your land is devastated, your cities burned with fire. Right before your eyes, your crops are being destroyed by foreign invaders. They leave behind devastation and destruction. Daughter Zion is left isolated like a hut in a vineyard or a shelter in a cucumber field. She is besieged. She is a besieged city. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not left us few survivors, we would have quickly become like Sodom. We would have become like Gomorrah. Listen to the Lord's message, you leaders of Sodom. Pay attention to God's rebuke, people of Gomorrah. Of what importance to me are your many sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had my fill of burnt sacrifices, of rams and the fat from steers, the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats I do not want. When you enter my presence, do you actually think I want this? Animals trampling over my courtyards? Do not bring any more meaningless offerings. I consider your incense detestable. You observe new moon festivals, Sabbaths, and convocations, but I cannot tolerate sin-stained celebrations. I hate your new moon festivals and assemblies. They are a burden that I am tired of carrying. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I look the other way. When you offer your many prayers, I do not listen, because your hands are covered with blood. Wash, 
Cleanse yourselves. Remove your sinful deeds from my sight. Stop sinning. Learn to do what is right. Promote justice. Give the oppressed reason to celebrate. Take up the cause of the orphan. Defend the rights of the widow. Come, let us consider your options, says the Lord. Though your sins have stained you like the color red, you can become white like snow. Though you are as easy to see as the color scarlet, they can become white like wool. If you have a willing attitude and obey, then you will again eat the good crops of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Know for certain that the Lord has spoken. How tragic that the once faithful city has become a prostitute. She was once a center of justice. Fairness resided in her, but now only murderers. Your silver has become scum. Your beer is diluted with water. Your officials are rebels. They associate with thieves. All of them love bribery and look for payoffs. They do not not take up the cause of the orphan or defend the rights of the widow. Therefore, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies, the powerful one of Israel, says this, Ah, I will seek vengeance against my adversaries. I will take revenge against my enemies. I will attack you. I will purify your metal with flux. I will remove all your slag. I will reestablish honest judges as in former times, wise advisors as in earlier days. Then you will be called the just city, faithful town. Zion will be freed from justice and by her and her returnees by righteousness. All rebellious sinners will be shattered. Those who abandon the Lord will perish. Indeed, they will be ashamed of the sacred trees you find so desirable. You'll be embarrassed because of the sacred orchards where you choose to worship. For you will be like a tree whose leaves wither, like an orchard that is unwatered. The powerful will be like a thread of yarn, their deeds like a spark. Both will burn together and no one will put out the fire. Here is the message about Judah and Jerusalem that was revealed to Isaiah, son of Amos. In future days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will endure as the most important of mountains and will be the most prominent of hills. All the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the Lord's mountain to the temple of the God of Jacob, so he can teach us his requirements, so we can follow his standards. For Zion will be the center for moral instruction. The Lord's message will issue from Jerusalem. He will judge disputes between nations. He will settle cases for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against other nations, and they will no longer train for war. O descendants of Jacob, come, let us walk in the Lord's guiding light. Indeed, O Lord, you have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob, for diviners from the east are everywhere. They consult omen readers like the Philistines do. Plenty of foreigners are around. Their land is full of gold and silver. There is no end to their wealth. Their land is full of horses. There is no end to their chariots. Their land is full of worthless idols. They worship the product of their own hands, what their own fingers have fashioned. Men bow down to them in homage. They lie flat on the ground and worship. Don't spare them. Go up to the rocky cliffs. Hide in the ground. Get away from the dreadful judgment of the Lord, from his royal splendor. Proud men will be brought low. Arrogant men will be humiliated. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Indeed, the Lord of heaven's armies has planned a day of judgment for all the high and mighty, for all who are proud. They will be humiliated. For all the cedars of Lebanon that are so high and mighty, for all the oaks of Bashan, for all the tall mountains, for all the high hills, for every high tower, for every fortified wall, for all the large ships, for all the impressive ships. Proud men will be humiliated. Arrogant men will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. 
the worthless idols will be completely eliminated. They will go into caves in the rocky cliffs and into holes in the ground, trying to escape the dreadful judgment of the Lord and his royal splendor when he rises up to terrify the earth. At that time, men will throw their silver and gold idols, which they made for themselves to worship, into the caves where rodents and bats live, so they themselves can go into the crevices of the rocky cliffs and the openings under the rocky overhangs, trying to escape the dreadful judgment of the Lord in his royal splendor when he rises up to terrify the earth. Stop trusting in human beings, whose life's breath is in their nostrils, for why should they be given special consideration? Look, The Sovereign Lord of Heaven's armies is about to remove from Jerusalem and Judah every source of security, including all the food and water, the mighty men and warriors, judges and prophets, omen readers and leaders, captains of groups of fifty, the respected citizens, advisors and those skilled in magical arts, and those who know incantations. The Lord says, I will make use their officials. Malicious young men will rule over them. The people will treat each other harshly. Men will oppose each other. Neighbors will fight. Youths will proudly defy their leader, elderly, and riffraff will challenge those who were once respected. Indeed, a man will grab his brother's right in his father's house and say, You own a coat, you be our leader. This heap of ruins will be under your control. At that time, the brother will shout, I am no doctor, I have no food or coat in my house, don't make me a leader of the people. Jerusalem certainly stumbles, Judah falls, for the wor- their words and their actions offend the Lord. They rebel against his royal authority. They look on their faces, the look on their faces testifies to their guilt. Like the people of Sodom, they openly boast of their sin. Woe to them, for they bring disaster on themselves. Tell the innocent it will go well with them, for they will be rewarded for what they have done. Woe to the wicked sinners, for they will get exactly what they deserve. Oppressors treat my people cruelly. Creditors rule over them. My people, your leaders, mislead you. They give you confusing directions. The Lord takes his position to judge. He stands up to pass sentence on his people. The Lord comes to pronounce judgment on the leaders of his people and their officials. He says, It is you who have ruined the vineyard. You have slashed, stashed in your houses what you have stolen from the poor. Why do you crush my people and grind their faces, uh, the faces of the poor? The sovereign Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. The Lord says, The women of Zion are proud. They walk with their heads high and flirt with their eyes. They skip along and their jewelry on their ankles jingles. So the Lord will afflict the foreheads of Zion's women with skin diseases. The Lord will make the front of their heads bald. At that time, the Lord will remove their beautiful ankle jewelry, neck ornaments, crescent-shaped ornaments, earrings, bracelets, veils, headdresses, anklet ornaments, Sashes, sachets, amulets, rings, nose rings, festive dresses, robes, shawls, purses, garments, vests, head coverings, and gowns. A putrid stench will replace the smell of spices. A robe will will replace a belt. Baldness will replace braided locks of hair. A sackcloth garment will replace a fine robe. And a prisoner's brand will replace beauty. Your men will fall by the sword. Your strong men will die in battle. Her gates will mourn and lament. Deprived of her people, she will sit on the ground. And it goes on in the next chapters. We're going to pause there. But as we see, God's continually saying, this is what's going to happen when people refuse to serve and love him and live in doing the right things and doing justice for those who are in need. God's judgment is real. And God's judgment is also, as you see, even at moments there, mixed with calls for people to turn to him and that he would forgive their sins and show them mercy as well. 
And we see some similar things here in Psalm 9 as we turn there, and we see people uh, being in, encouraged by David to praise God for the many good things he does, and also warned again about God's judgment when they refused to serve and worship him. Psalm 9. For the music director, according to the Alumoth Laban style, a psalm of David. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will tell about all your amazing deeds. I will be happy and rejoice in you. I will sing praises to you, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they trip and are defeated before you. For you defended my just cause. From your throne you pronounce a just decision. You terrified the nations with your battle cry. You destroyed the wicked. You permanently wiped out all memory of them. The enemy's cities have been reduced to permanent ruins. You destroyed their cities. All memory of the enemies has perished. But the Lord rules forever. He reigns in a just manner. He judges the world fairly. He makes just legal decisions for the nations. Consequently, the Lord provides safety for the oppressed. He provides safety in times of trouble. Your loyal followers trust in you. For you, Lord, do not abandon those who seek your help. Sing praises to the Lord who rules in Zion. Tell the nations what he has done. For the one who takes revenge against murderers took notice of the oppressed. He did not overlook their cry for help. When they prayed, Have mercy on me, Lord. See how I am oppressed by those who hate me. O one who can snatch me away from the gates of death. Then I will tell about your praiseworthy acts in the gates of daughter Zion. I will rejoice because of your deliverance. The nations fell into the pit they had made. Their feet were caught in the net they had hidden. The Lord revealed himself. He accomplished justice. The wicked were ensnared by their own actions. The wicked are turned back and sent to Sheol. That is the destiny of all nations that ignore God. For the needy are not permanently ignored. The hopes of the oppressed are not forever dashed. Rise up, Lord. Don't let them be defiant. May the nations be judged in your presence. Terrify them, Lord. Let the nations know they are mere mortals. And there's David's reminder that one day there will be justice for all those actions that are unjust. The murderers will give an account. Those who have cheated people will give an account. Over and over and over, it's reminded that God is not going to ignore justice. And at the same time, he offers mercy again. And now we see this as well in Matthew 22, where Jesus is uh, sharing parables and stories about uh, the kingdom of God and what it's going to be like. We see this mix of mercy and judgment. And also we see it in the answers to the questions he has asked to him by religious leaders of his day. And so let's continue here in Matthew 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to summon those who had been invited to the banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, the feast I have prepared for you is ready. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they were indifferent and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest seized his slaves, insolently mistreated them, and killed them. The king was furious. He sent his soldiers, and they put those murderers to death and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but the one who has been invited, the ones who have been invited were not worthy. So go into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. And those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. 
But when the king came in to see the wedding guests, he saw a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But he had nothing to say. Then the king said to his attendants, Tie him up hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went out and planned together to entrap Jesus with his own words. They sent to him their disciples along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You do not count anyone's favor because you do not court anyone's favor because you show no partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus realized their evil intentions and said, Hypocrites, why are you testing me? Show me the coin used for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. Jesus said to them, Whose inscription is this, and whose whose image is this, and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. He said to them, Then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Now when they heard this, they were stunned, and they left him and went away. The same day Sadducees, who say there's no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and father children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The second did the same, and the third, and down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had married her. Jesus answered them, You are deceived because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God when he said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were amazed at his teaching. Now when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they assembled together, and one of them, an expert in religious law, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were assembled, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David by the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David then calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to answer him a word. And from that day on, no one dared to ask Jesus or question him any longer. And just for some context there, Jesus is basically being questioned on big big um, topics of the law. Uh, he, he astounds the religious leaders over and over again with his answers, and then he stumps them. And basically, they don't understand what Jesus is trying to make clear to them, and that is that David's son, promised king, is Jesus himself, and that he's greater than David that he is the greatest king who would ever be, and he's the king who will be the judge, but also the king who gives his life to save people from their sins, and so he is also the king of mercy. What an amazing, merciful judge, 
Jesus, God himself, truly is. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.